SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's Therese Paler, Chief B Rider with the Kansas City Star, and we are back for another edition of Chiefs Game Plan. It is the wild card edition of Chiefs Game Plan. How about that? Um, got a great show for you today. So much content, more content than you could ever believe. Um, doing multiple interviews this week. Kick off this thing with an interview with Reggie Ragland, who's going to be a real key to this game. New inside linebacker for the Chiefs has been really great over the last month. Had a great interview here. We talked about all kinds of stuff, including why he sees himself as kind of an alpha male um, and why the Chiefs brought him here and how well he's fitting in. Next, I'm brought, uh, bringing on Jim Wyatt of Titans Online. Uh, we dissect the Titans' offense, including Marcus Mariota's play, which has been a little uneven, but he's still talented. And then Derrick Henry and why these guys are so determined to run the football. After that, I talked to Cam Wolf of ESPN.com to break down the Titans' stout run defense, including um, including a really good conversation about some of the, like, their more underrated players, which I, I enjoy. And finally, the A-team came on as me. Sam, Blair, Vahe, and David Hewlett as we wrapped it up with an extensive breakdown of this game unit by unit and we play a new fun game called Where We Rip Your Airport. (laughs) We also took your questions and answered all kinds of stuff so got a great show for you. I'm sure you guys enjoy it. Let's kick this thing off with an interview with Reggie Ragland. Here we go. All right I'm well pleased to welcome Chiefs uh, starting inside linebacker, this is Derek Johnson. This is Reggie Ragland. Reggie, how you doing, man? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed to still be in and blessed to still be playing. So uh, it's wonderful. This is my first playoff, so I'm really excited about this. Awesome, man. Let's talk about your introduction to this team. They got you in the preseason. I remember talking to you then. You know, it, it was pretty clear that you felt, you know, you just wanted a chance to show what you could do. Right. And you really kind of appreciated the, the fact that these guys still believed in you. Right. Um, when you first got here, share with the people, like, you know, what Brett Beach, what Andy Reid, what like what was communicated to you as far as like what they wanted you to do? Right, they wanted me to come in and just be an alpha male and be an alpha dog and just run the defense the best um, way I can because they watched me a lot coming out of college at Alabama and they wanted to get me at the time uh, from my understanding, but um, but they couldn't, so the bills they got me. But right now, uh, it's just to, for me to step in, stop the run, and just be a great teammate, teammate and a great leader. And you know, basically, that's what they wanted me to do. Yeah. Now, now I've talked to you a little bit. You had the ACL injury last year. You had to recoup, re- recuperate from that. But I remember you told me before you felt pretty appreciative of the way they didn't like rush you mm-hmm. back here. Kind of talk to people about that. Like, how did they keep you going forward, man? Uh, um, first thing, really, the first thing when I got here, um, first thing they told me, Rich, y'all, we know you still had um, stuff going on with my knee, so they really did the end part of my rehab, like make sure that my quad and my glutes and everything was really back up firing. And once they got that to firing, best of my ability, and I, my knee started to feel a whole lot better. Uh, and they eased me back into the practices. They didn't rush me back into it. And then once they uh, saw that it was my time to go out there and play, and I told them I felt great. Um, they put me out there against the Redskins, and ever since then I've been trying to get better each weekend. And we got One of the things that I think we've all been able to appreciate about the way you play football is, I mean, when you see it, you know, you're filling these holes downhill. Right, right. Like, I don't think guys want to meet you in the phone booth, okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> How much pride do you take in your ability to win in the booth? Oh, um, I, I, I take a bunch of pride in that because um, they try to say guys like my size can't play linebacker no more because they want all these guys that's 230 and 240. No, there's always room for a guy like me to play this game of football. <laughs> so um, I like that. But for the most part, though, um, I just – just try to go in there and do my best, bring everything I got because I got these tree trunks legs and every week I'm always trying to get them right to make sure I can get out there and play. But <laughs> You said a guy like you. Yeah. Like, what is the profile of you as a linebacker? You talking about like a physical run stop? It just, what, what does that mean to you uh, when you say a guy like you? Man, I try, I try to say guys that's 250 plus can't run. No, I can run for my size. I can do everything just just them smaller guys can do. But, um, but. I just try to make that as motivation and fuel to the fire to just keep getting better each weekend weekend and week out to show everybody that I can do all this stuff. Yeah. And I appreciate the Bills and the OGM, Doug Whaley and all them giving me the opportunity to play. But um, I'm very thankful for Vita coming to get me um, from Buffalo and giving me the opportunity to play with them with this great city uh, that I'm in right now, Kansas City. I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm almost done with you, Reggie, but I got to tell you, you know, this is the kind of game that got you for, man. It's the 
playoffs. It's January. Yeah. It's cold. That's what I do. Teams are going to run the football now, okay? Tennessee is going to come in there. You're going to see two tight ends. Derrick Henry's 250 pounds. My old teammate. This is what you're here for. My old teammate. Right. Tell, tell us about Henry, man. Oh, what does man. this guy got? Oh, he got it all. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't like he got it all. He won the Heisman for a reason. Now, and, um, but when, when my time playing with him, he made me a better tackler, a better player and all that. Just going up against him every day in practice. So, um, But everybody has to run to the ball. And you got, you got to try to corral him out there on the field. And everybody got to do their job. Make sure you stay in your gap. And you can't jump out your gap because he will hit it. And he can go. He can outrun these safeties and corners. He's, he's that fast. So, But uh, everybody got to do their job on every play. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Mariota, too. He brings a little bit of that running element as oh, he well. Got it all. Right, right. Just he what do you see in him, too? I see how he can throw it. He's a great leader out there on the field. He runs if he needs to. But for the most part, we got to do a good job retaining him also because he's the key to it all on that, on that team. All right, Rich, last question. Hey, you know, there was a lot of talk about the run defense in the middle of the year. You know, rightfully so. You guys hadn't really stopped people the way you wanted to. But let's give you credit. Over the last month and a half, you guys have been really good against the run. What is the biggest reason for that? Why do you think you guys have been able to get that together? Uh, we just went on here and got it done, man. We just we just decided as a group we're going to get it done and just stop worrying about everybody else. The main thing is right now to make this run, we got to worry about the inside, the guys on the inside, the coaches, the players, and everybody that's here with us that's going to ride with us, stay on the boat and let's ride. Cause like, like Don't stray off. Don't get mad because this is not going so well. Don't talk bad about it. A true fan, a true everything. If you're true to this organization, you're going to stay in and not down us regardless. And, and that's the thing. We, we didn't care. Like what everybody else said, we just went ahead and said, okay, we're going to get it done. All right, great, man. Well, look, now it's time to show what you guys got. And I think fans have been waiting for this moment because this team has made the playoffs so much. Now, now they want to see you guys get the AFC Championship game, get to the Super Bowl. And this is really the money time. So, Reggie, um, I really appreciate your time, man. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, good luck this week, okay? Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, man, look, you know, this is what they got this guy for. Um, okay, so good interview there with Reggie Ragland. Let's go ahead and talk to Jim Wyatt of TitansOnline.com. Here we go. Okay, I'm pleased to welcome on to talk about the Titans offense, a man who has been covering this team for a long while now, Jim Wyatt of TitansOnline.com. Jim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing fantastic. little playoff football, man. How many of these have you done so far? I've done a lot, but it's been a long time. I mean, 2008 is <laughs> the last one for the Titans, and there was a run there when the team first moved to Nashville, and they ran it from you know 99 to 2003, and it four times in five years, and went to a couple of AFC Championship games, and went to the Super Bowl in 99. But it's been a long dry spell, and people in Nashville are excited about uh, returning to the postseason. Okay, all right. Let's talk about this Titans offense, man. I think you got to start with Marcus Mariota. I had hit this guy having a breakout season this year, and it just has not happened. Um, what can you tell me about what's gone wrong for Marcus Mariota? More interceptions and touchdowns this year. Cause what, what's going on, man? Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, and certainly some of it's injury. He's coming off of the foot injury last year, the fractured fibula that required surgery in December, and instead of focusing on the 2017 season, he had to focus on getting healthy the first you know, four or five months of the offseason. He finally came back and was able to regain uh, you know, his strength and able to function. And uh, I thought he looked good at the start of the season, but then in you know, week, week four, he saw was a hamstring injury that set him back for a couple of weeks when he returned. He wasn't quite 100%. That limited him, uh, and that's a part of it. But he's also gotten hit more uh, than he than he did in previous seasons. The running game is not as good, uh, so that's hurt him and, and, and put more pressure on him. And he's also dealing with some receivers that he's never worked with, you know, from Corey Davis to, to Eric Decker to Taewon Taylor to tight end Johnny Smith. So I just think a combination of a lot of that has led to numbers that are not quite as good. He hasn't been as accurate. I mean, he hasn't been as good. And again, some of that could be held. Some of it could be just a function of him not, uh, you know, not having the chemistry and the work that he needed uh, to get to where he needs to be. I want to talk about the running backs and receivers, but let's go to the offensive line because the Titans have built theoretically a line that I love. Right? It's just big six, seven, big ten guys. You know, like, it's my kind of thing. What's going on with this offensive line, man? Why haven't they been able to necessarily run the ball the same way they had been and then protect Marcus better? 
Well, it has been inconsistent. I mean, there have been weeks where they've run the ball well. I mean, early in the season against Jacksonville and against Seattle, there was a game against the Colts uh, where they ran it well, and they came back home for a game here uh, you know, against the Texans where they, you know, they went over 150, 170 yards in all those games, but they've had too many other times when they've struggled. And uh, you know, this past week, Derrick Henry goes 28 carries, 51 yards. How much of that's on Henry? How much? How much of it's on the line? I mean, I think I think some of it's been uh, I think it's been a combination of both. You know, uh, the consistency has been an issue. I look at the group, and sometimes it, it uh, I can't help but wonder myself because they've got a Pro Bowler in Taylor Lewan, they got Jack Conklin, the other tackle who's coming off an All Pro season. I think he's still playing well. I think the interior guys are solid, but for one reason or another, it just has not been as smooth this year. I, I think the group still has potential, and uh, and I think that, I think it's a group that could uh, could find its way if it can get a little bit of momentum. But it's just been uh, it's been inconsistent so you know throughout the course of the season. Derrick Henry's a big man. Um, I'm guessing it seems like Demarco Murray won't play. Uh, if if Derrick Henry is the bell cow this week, like what's the key to keeping that guy under control? Well, he's got to attack it more this week. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing opposing defense has been able to do, at least Jacksonville last week, is when he tried to get to the, you know, run side to side, uh, you know, they've got guys are fast enough in the league to, to, to get him down. And, you know, he has great speed if he can get into the open field. He needs to hit it more. I mean, that, that was his problem last week. I mean, he had a 13-yard loss earlier. I mean, I think after his – yeah, there was there was a stretch early in the game where I think he had four carries for maybe negative eighteen yards because uh, he had a minus thirteen in there. He had a minus five, and and uh, so he was too hesitant. And Derrick Henry, to his credit, you know, speaking about that game on Wednesday, said he was upset with himself and said he'd been upset all week. He said he thought he ran too soft. He needs to be more assertive and needs to run with a little bit more anger. So I think you're going to see a different Derrick Henry moving forward because I think he frankly I think he was a little embarrassed about uh, the way he pumped on Sunday well that's that's just what the Chiefs want a pissed off 6'3 250 pound guy okay Uh, (laughs) uh, what about this receiving core I gotta level with you Jim by the way I'm looking forward to watching that uh that game because I haven't gotten to that yet in my prep but I will get there um well I gotta level with you Jim about this receiving core I didn't think Corey Davis was the fifth best player in this draft man I just gotta be honest, but tell me, like, how has he been this year? What's going on with this receiving core? Well, I, I think he was the best, and I, I certainly I can understand the debate there. I do think he was the best of the receivers, you know, ahead of Mike Williams, certainly, uh, you know, ahead of Ross uh, that the Bengals took early, and uh, and he and he has been, uh, you know, he has had his moments during his rookie season. You know, unfortunately for him, he missed all the training camp with a hamstring. He came back in week two, he reaggravated, missed about five or six games, came back, and just he's just had trouble getting uh, consistent himself and getting on the same page of Mariota. Mm-hmm. I think he's very talented. I still think the guy's got potential to be a special player in the league mm-hmm. because he's tough-minded. You know, he catches the ball well. He's good at run after catch. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he is, he is, his, his, uh, his, his impact has been somewhat limited because of the injury and just because it's taken time with you know for him to get on the same page with the quarterback. I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, and the last thing I want to talk about was Delaney Walker. Uh, that guy's a really good football player. What do the Chiefs have to do to take him away? Well, he's a tough player, and he's he's, he's a no nonsense player, and he's a dirty work player. I mean, he doesn't mind going across the middle uh, and make catches in traffic. Uh, you know, I, I think he's hard to cover. I mean, he, it's funny you ask him, and he says he's open every play, and a lot of plays he is open. Uh, you know, I think the way teams have slowed him down is to, to double team him to have a guy nearby when he catches the ball because he's deceptively fast. And uh, you know, that, and that's the thing about the Titans receiver. If they could be more consistent and draw attention to them, then that would take some of the pressure off of Delaney. It's just the problem the Titans have had is that uh, they haven't had a consistent threat at receiver to keep teams from being able to back away from Delaney. And uh, but he's but he's been able to do it even on days when he's gotten extra attention. I see. Okay. All right. And last thing, when when teams have gotten after the Titans' offense, man, how have they done it? What have they done? Uh, you know, the teams that have been able to slow the Titans down on offense is uh, they've been able to stop the run. 
and uh, you know they've they've been able to force the quarterback into mistakes. I mean, the, 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 what the Titans want to do in this game is to restore the Smash Mouth, and I think you know with some of the stuff we talked about with the offensive line earlier and with Derrick Henry earlier. I mean, that, that's the way the Titans want to win is by controlling the ball and having long drives and by by kind of wearing the Chiefs down. Uh, you know, during the course of the game, if they're not able to run it, if they have games like last week where Henry was. 1.8 yards a carry. It's going to make it tough on the Titans, especially if they're not able to keep the Chiefs from coming up with the big plays they seem to always come up with. So mm-hmm. Titans have got to have a ball control offense and uh, and then sprinkle in some Mariota uh, passing around it. All right. Hey, Jim, what's your prediction, man? Well, it's hard for me working with the team now. Oh. I mean, when I was with the tennis, I was Never mind. I used, to, I used to be pretty good at picking these games, but now uh, I, I have to. I'd have to be a homer every week because if I picked against a team while I'm sitting inside the building, they may not. They may lock the doors uh, on me. So uh, I, I do think that this is. I will say, I think this is a Titans team that. Uh, uh, I don't think. The, I don't know if the pressure is off, but at the end of the regular season, a team that lost three games in a row, they were the verge of of missing the playoffs. So to win in the final week of the regular season to get in, I do think the team has a little bit more of a bounce in its step, has a little bit more confidence, and it will be a little bit looser moving forward. And uh, So I think they'll play. I think it's going to be a good game uh, uh, in KC. I know the t- Chiefs are tough to beat in Arrowhead. I know it's a team that uh, certainly is, is capable of doing some special things. I, I think the Titans are going to be uh, Titans are going to uh, make this one that comes down to the wire. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, man, I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Okay, we'll see you there on Saturday. Okay, so good stuff there from Jim. Here is my interview with Cameron Wolf of ESPN.com. Okay, I'm pleased to welcome one of the best uh, up-and-coming young beat writers in the business, uh, a friend of mine. It is Cameron Wolf. NFL Nation writer for the Titans at ESPN.com. Cam, how you doing, man? Doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Thanks for giving me the time. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> looking forward to breaking down this Titans team, specifically the defense. Um, you know, I've gotten a chance to watch these guys a little bit. This is a very old school team. You know, they're trying to run the football and stop the run. I'm uh, I'm interested to know what you make of this defensive front, specifically the defensive line. I know Jarrell Casey's outstanding, but you know what, what's the biggest reason they're able to control the running game? They rank fourth in the league um, in, in run defense, but is that because they're devoting a ton of resources to it, or are they doing that because the front seven is just really talented? I think I think it's a, a front seven that doesn't have a lot of weaknesses, and I think that there's no really hole there, and that's what really helps them out. They've got a lot of solid players, guys you probably wouldn't know if you uh, didn't watch much Titans, uh, but these are guys who are really good at setting the line, setting the edge, and uh, rarely get pushed back, rarely get bullied up front. Um, you mentioned Jarrell Casey; that's you know that's their best player on their front seven and he he is a guy who uh sets the tone for he often is getting penetration in the backfield and he often uh allows their linebackers to get free hits and free hits on running back so there are very rare situations where you see this guy this team getting drove by people um i think ty Gurley was the only back in probably about the last 20 games to rush for over 100 yards wow. um them. So this is a this is a this is a team where, like most teams, they say their first priority is to stop the run. But that's truly this first priority, their top priority. No matter who is the quarterback or the receivers on this field, they all pursue the ball, and they have good tacklers in the secondary as well, which is uh, key when it, whenever teams are able to get past that first that first layer. Who's better? Uh, I mean, who's underrated? Is there anybody in this front seven that probably doesn't get the credit that uh, they don't des- that they deserve for stopping the run? Like, who who in this front seven is a better player than we probably think? Oh, oh man. Um, I, I mean, I think I think the guys who you think of are probably the ones. I mean, the guys who who really made this front seven come alive are Drew Casey, like you mentioned, Wesley Woodyard, who's uh, probably having a career season at 30, 31 years old. He uh, was a guy who was a two down linebacker um, the last two seasons, but he's re- really upped his game um, partially because he says he went vegan and yeah. he, re- he said 
really helped him out. Um, but now he's back to being a three-down backer, and he's a guy who was uh, a liability in pass defense over the last two seasons. But he's really upped his game. That's something you usually don't see at the back end of his career. I thought he had a Pro Bowl caliber season, um, but he didn't get the nod. Um, so I think he's been he's a he's a tackling monster. He's a guy who can run sideline to sideline, and he's probably their second best player on that front seven behind Jarrell Casey. Um, and then you got guys on the edge. Um, Derek Morgan and Brian Arakbo, those are two guys who they won't beat you with speed, but they'll beat you with experience and power. Um, so those are guys who, you know, they won't, you won't have to worry about your offense tackles getting blown past, but they're all always setting the edge, so they're not going to get beat to the edge, and they can technician you um, to sacks. And they, we've seen that this season, you know, they've got five players that have at least five sacks. So there's no one guy that's going to beat you um, in the pass rush, but there's a bunch of guys that could potentially get home, and that's why this team's in the top five in sacks. Interesting. Okay. Now, you can't throw against this football team. They rank in the 20s in pass defense. Uh, what is the biggest reason for that, in your opinion? I think uh, I think this is a, a very young secondary that's still trying to find his way. I mean, they've got a a rookie corner who's actually had a, a decent season in Adore Jackson um, playing one end, and then uh, Logan Ryan has played the other end for the majority of the time. But outside of that, they haven't had a consistent number three corner. It's sort of uh, been fluctuating throughout the season. It was LaShawn Sims um, throughout the early portions of the seasons, but then he got hurt, and he's on IR. And now they've been sort of doing a mixture of Ty Smith, a guy who is mostly a special teams player, um, and Bryce McCain, a veteran Who's, who can get beat, and uh, Kalen Reed, a second-year, seventh-round pick, who hasn't played much of all this season. So, cornerback depth has been an issue. Um, they've had some miscommunications in that back end that have caused some big plays. Um, and then they've get, got beat in the middle sometimes as well. You know, that's an area that was a really big weakness last season as far as the linebackers, and they've approved it to a, a step this season, but that's still an area where defenses can get them um, in between their linebackers and safety when they play cover two. You know, one guy back there that I know is a good football player is Kevin Byard. Eight interceptions. Uh, How has he come across those picks, my man? They've, they've come in bunches. Um, he's at three, three, three games a season has accounted for uh, seven of his interceptions, and two came last week against Blake Bortles. He's a guy who uh, has really probably had the most improvement of any player on this team. He was a part-time starter last season, the third-round pick out of Middle Tennessee State, and uh, he didn't have any interceptions, and he, he got the full-time starting job this season and really exploded. He leads the NFL in takeaways. He's got ten takeaways, eight interceptions, tied for the NFL lead in that, and really he's just, he's just a guy who is sort of a cliche, but he finds he finds the ball, you know. He, he he's, his range is incredible, um, and then he's a guy who is uh, he has the ball skills to 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 make a read and immediately jump on the ball. And he doesn't drop interceptions. So if you throw something his way, he's gonna he's gonna get it. So um, his teammates rave about him being a complete safety. Obviously, the interceptions is what got what has got him noticed. But uh, he's a guy who can also come up and tackle, and he's another guy like Warrior that should have been in the Pro Bowl. Um, but got snubbed. Wow, okay. All right, so when teams have gotten after this defense, like what have they been able to do? Uh, really, it's been um, the quarterbacks um, that have beat them have been guys that have attacked their cornerbacks um, and, and found the matchups that really exploit this defense. You know, the Steelers had a lot of success um, with Antonio Brown when they were able to isolate him against the cornerbacks that weren't typically uh, – capable to keep up for him. Uh, they had a touchdown with LaShawn Sims early in that game, and LaShawn Sims, I mean, he, he's a ascending player, but he's a guy who just shouldn't be covering Antonio Brown, and that's often you know the mismatches. They don't have a lot of depth there, so beyond Logan Ryan, uh, those guys can get beat. And the, and then because they're sort of a young secondary, Dick LeBeau will play a lot of off coverage. So teams will sort of get, they'll give up some of those 8 to 10 yard catches. And teams have been able to nickel and dime them 
um, with a lot of comebacks and slant routes and uh, and uh, you know dig routes coming back across the field. So um, I know Jimmy Garoppolo had a lot of success across the middle of the field. Like I mentioned with the linebackers and safeties, um, their linebackers sometimes bite on play action, mm-hmm. um, and that leaves that middle of the field open because um, their safeties often play a little deep. Interesting. Okay, give me your prediction for su- Saturday, my man. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the, the Titans cover, I, I think that, that eight was an 8.9 point spread is a little high. Um, I think the Chiefs win it. Um, I, 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 I think the score, it probably, I think it'll be less than a touchdown, maybe a three or four point game. I think the issue for the Titans is going to be able to keep up offensively. I think the Chiefs will score some points, um, you know, maybe somewhere in the, the low 20s, mid 20s range. And I don't know if the Titans can keep up and score that, score that number um, on their end. All right, got it. Hey, man, appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, my man. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. See you this weekend. Okay. All right, here's the A-Team Roundtable. Let's go. Hey, everybody, it's Therese Paler, Chief B-Rider with the Kansas City Star, and we're here for a playoff edition of live Chiefs Roundtable, Chiefs Game Plan with my guys. I'm going to write this Blair Kirkhoff. How's it going, man? Not bad. How you doing? Hey, we got Vahe Gregorian. And we got some guy over there. <laughs> I tell you, he gets I'll no respect. It. He I'll gets no it. respect. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield Mellinger. Um, okay, we got a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to preview this game in every aspect. We're going to get a little nerdy, going through the run defense, run offense, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we're going to answer your questions. And then we're going to debut a new segment that was prompted by an impromptu 18 group chat <laughs> called Where We Rip Your Airport. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hey. And just, prompted perhaps by the last yeah, airport we were in. Just just a hint. Yes. We don't like Denver very much, but we'll get to that shortly. Uh, let's go ahead and get this thing going. Chiefs are 10-6. They're facing the Titans at 9-7. and seven. Um, And this is a home playoff game. I, I think the Chiefs are probably favored to win, I think, by 9 points or something. Is it up to 9? There's some good reasons for that, but there absolutely is a path. For the Titans to win this game, and I know you guys don't want to hear that, but I got we got to give it to you straight, um, no chaser. So, uh, looking at go one the Chiefs offense to start there. Uh, the Titan, the Chiefs run offense versus the Titans run defense. Well, uh, the Titans have the league's fourth best run defense, and these guys are strong up front. I'm sure you got it in here. Where's the Chiefs rank? But yeah, the, the, this team is strong up front. I mean, this is a nasty group. There's not a whole lot of messing around. Okay, in their front seven. 88 yards a game, I think, is yeah. what they give up. Yeah, now, they what are. I love about their... their um, 88.8. One of those great stats, they're, they're high up in sacks, too, right? Uh, they're, they're in the top yeah. five or so, but nobody has more than, like, seven and a half. Yeah, so they, it's they a bunch of guys. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that zone blitz from Dick LeBeau, the Hall of Famer. And uh, Chiefs, Chiefs of Runs offense ranks ninth. But do you guys see a way where the Chiefs can move the ball against these guys on the ground? But I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I, I just. I think. I think you can break out the counter, which they had a lot of success using in the last game, last time they faced the Titans. But in general, you know, this offensive line's got to prove they can move some men like this. So a, a part of that question is, can they win if they if they don't? I mean, if you look, I don't. I can't swear to this on the numbers, but um, I think their their worst running games were all losses this year for the Chiefs. Well, that's the thing. It's going to have, and we'll get to that second part too. Like it's probably going to come down to Alex Smith. Uh, but any faith in this offensive line to move like a good defensive well, front? It's been better the last month, right? I mean, it's uh, it has played better since they simplified things in the blocking scheme. Um, and, and and just look at Kareem Hunt's numbers. Uh, Kareem Hunt, AFC Offensive Player of the Month, uh, named today for the second time this year. So. Things have improved from from where it was uh, back in October, November, to where it is in December. I've got a little bit of faith. I, I think these guys can. Uh, and we are talking about the NFC, the NFL rushing leader, you know, playing for this team. Yep. I mean, you know, so I, I I guess I don't give up the ghost immediately on that. But you have looked pretty deep at this and and think uh, think it's untenable. I think it's going to be difficult. I think I'm going to make them prove to me they can move these guys. I, I think, you know, based on what I saw in November, I, I just can't get it out of my head. I think that's entirely reasonable. And, and part of that is that uh, they did simplify their blocking schemes, but they also got trucked by when they faced the really good yeah. fronts. Yeah. And, and this is a really, really good front. And, um, you know, I, I'll say this. 
if they if they are able to run the ball, I don't see how they can lose. I agree. I agree. The problem is I don't think they're going to be able to run the yeah. ball. And I, I, I think there's something else to remember here, too, as we go to the pass offense versus the Texas pass defense. Um, the Chiefs right now are averaging 256 passing yards a game. That is seventh in the league. The Titans' pass defense is – you can throw on these guys, right? 25th, so, So you yeah. can throw on these guys. So that's the key. But here's the trick. These guys have not allowed a single pass over um, – I'm sorry, actually it's the run. Uh, in the running game, they haven't allowed one, one run over 40 yards this year. I couldn't believe that. And they've only allowed three um, over 20. So, that's like, okay. they're, they're going to – they're gonna stop the run. But now, Chiefs don't do that anyway, though. They're yeah. not, not even with even with Kareem Hunt's big games in the last month. They they haven't they weren't the same type of big games that he had the first month of the season, where he had a fifty six yard run against the Chargers, and he, they were you know it, it was more you know eight to ten yard type of runs for Kareem Hunt. They had the thirty five yarder against Denver, but he wasn't breaking them you know not big like he was earlier in the year. Now here's the thing I wanted to point out. Now that we transition to the Chiefs' passing offense versus their passing defense, you can throw against these guys. Twenty ninth, you know, twenty fifth in the league passing yards allowed. Only thirty seven passes have gone for over twenty yards against them. That's twenty ninth in the league. So they don't give up big plays. You got to go to distance against these guys. That's probably a problem, considering the fact in November we saw a bunch of teams make them go the distance. Mm-hmm. A lot of zones, some blitzing. You know, this. My point is, I think this is setting up like a game where if the Chiefs lose, it's going to be because of the passing game. It'll be because of Alex Smith. And it will make a rather clean departure to next year if they don't get it done. Like, I'm dead serious. This is not a team. This is not like a great offensive matchup for them. These guys do the same things that a lot of those teams in the middle of the season that gave them trouble do. So we're going to see for real. Like, this is it. This is the ultimate test. Alex is going to have to go to distance on these guys with short passes. Okay, and if they can't complete those, or they start getting flustered, they're not going to score 20 points, and they're going to lose this game. So this is a very this this is other teams will have an easier time with these guys than the Chiefs would. Well, you're right about one thing. I mean, the the, the Chiefs don't win when they don't score 20 points. They don't they don't seem to win defensive struggles. You know, they lose 19 to 17. They lose, you know, what 18, the Steelers, whatever yeah, the Steelers yeah. score was this year. They they got to get to 20 to win the game. That's just how. The Andy Reid team's role. I mean, they, I, you're, you're right. If the Chiefs don't get to 20, uh, I, I don't, I don't like their chances. Just a little devil's advocate or, or little tweak. I don't know how much this really matters in the big scheme because you know, he, all season he hasn't been like a really prominent guy, but he's been subtly prominent. I thought what Albert Wilson did the other day tells me that he's ready to do more again yeah. this week, that's and that that point. is going to be. Kind of safety valve is the wrong word, but that's going to be an important part of this. As your point makes, Therese, being able to be methodical and go down the field passing, he's, he's a guy who's getting them a first down every time they throw him the ball, basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought part of the reason for his success, too, was the creativity of Pat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pressure and make absurd throws. And i got to tell you, this is the kind of game where if you have a quarterback like Pat, this game's a lot easier than it should be. Because it's like, oh, here's your little zone blitz. Okay, well, there are holes in this zone. And it's over, right? But if you're going to be a little bit more um, traditional, and like they can scheme for you, like this is not like a great matchup for them offensively. I'm telling you guys. Um, but the point is, yes, the big issue they were having in November was that you know Demarcus Robinson and Alex weren't on the same page. Not the same case with Albert Wilson. They have to they have to execute offensively. There can be no mistakes in the passing game. So yeah, Albert Wilson might have a nice game. He needs to play a lot. Him and Ty. Yeah, and he's been slowed with a little hamstring. Yeah, yeah. Limited, yeah. limited yeah. practices. That's right. He's he's in, becoming increasingly important, as you said, Vi. He, um, who who'd have thought? You know, at the yeah. end of the year, that, yeah. that that's the guy that you really you know you can't do without. And, yeah. I mean, beyond the obvious ones. He's he is um, he's got to be on the field. And look, here's, oh, go ahead, man. Well, if if the Titans are, are playing back and and not letting you go over the top, maybe this is a Travis Kelsey game too, um, and yeah. maybe he can maybe he can hurt them underneath, and maybe that's what they need to do. Yeah, there's there's some stuff you can do to these guys in the short passing game. Like they're going to give that to you. 
they're going to give that to you, but they're going to make you go to distance. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really going to be up to Alex to find Travis and really Albert Wilson. Like I guarantee you, he won't see double coverage. You know, Albert Wilson might have a game. He's got to play. <laughs> they need him to. They got to shoot him up or whatever it takes. <laughs> but he needs to play. Okay. Um, all right, so transitioning now, let's look at the Chiefs' defense versus the Titans' offense. We'll start with the rushing game. Right now, the Titans are averaging 114 rushing yards per game. That's 15th. Chiefs' run defense checking in at tw- a, a nice 25th at 118 yards per game. Now, to be fair, the Chiefs have been better against the run the last month or so. Yeah, they have. They have. But this is absolutely the kind of team that we were talking about two months ago, coming up in here and giving them some problems. They go two tight ends. It's a big physical offensive line. The two tackles are big ten guys, six seven, you know, workmen like lumberjack guys, and uh, Taylor Lewan and, and Big Jack Conklin. I mean, hey, you know, the ball's coming. It's power schemes. It's doubling at the point. There's pulling. It's my kind of offense. Don't get me wrong, but and by the way, their running back's only six three two fifty. So. That guy's a horse. By the way. Talk about Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah by the way. We know DeMarco Murray's not going to play. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. By the way, great news for the Chiefs. Derrick Henry was held to 51 yards on 28 carries last week. Um, everyone's been calling him soft. So, <laughs> Including himself. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm sure that. that won't motivate him at all. He'll be, he won't be running soft. hard. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be running hard this week, okay? Hey, hey look. So I, Okay, good, good, good. I think I think this is absolutely uh, a matchup that, that that favors the Titans. The only question I have is, I mean, look, it's kind of funny. The end of last season, the Chiefs largely lost that game because they couldn't stop the run. We're still sort of facing that question this week. I mean, yep. how much better equipped are they? Uh, you know, you think of Reggie Ragland, for one thing, uh, but how much better are they than a year ago suited to deal with that? Yeah, because guess who was starting at linebacker, an inside linebacker that week? Anybody want to take a guess? Uh, Ramik? No. Yes, it was Ramik, but guess who the other one was? A little impromptu version of who he played for. (laughs) No? I don't remember the other one. DJ Alexander. Oh, Oh, for this. The first five plays, the Titans ran plays his way. Yeah. Big difference. Remember, he lost his job the next week. It was yeah. Terrence Smith. So, big difference between DJ and Raglan and Ramik and DJ Alexander, okay? Yeah. There's a big difference there, okay? Um, by the way, the Chiefs just traded DJ Alexander. It was a very good special teams player, but they just dealt him because they didn't think he could play defensive snaps. Yeah. They saw him as a special teams guy. Right, right. That's why they got Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Yeah. They like his speed, yeah. So, the top three of Pierre-Lewis, DJ, and Raglan – uh, that's much better than what they had yeah. in this game last year. And keep in mind, we talked about the last year's game. It still was kind of fluky that the Titans won that game. I mean, it was, you know, they missed a field goal. They lost the it. They lost the game. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Andy calls a timeout to freeze on, on the coldest day of the year, as Mr. Hewlett will attest, um, to freeze suck up. And then he, he as he, he said, recalibrates and, um, and knew what it take to get the ball over the crossbar at that point. It, uh so the Chiefs had that game won until that gaff at the end. And I want to say, was that the game where the Chiefs could have put it away with their final offensive possession? Hmm. And uh, and I forgot exactly what the circumstance was. But oh, yeah, there was a horrific interception Smith in the interception. Yeah, yeah, there was that. There was that, but the atrocious interception, and they had yeah. something like five yeah. third oh, downs. Brutal. You know, third and short. And they sometimes even second Remember, short, it was third and one, yeah. fourth and one at the goal, yeah, and they got yeah. – they yeah. got lumberjacked by yes. their defensive yes. line. Yes. That's what I'm scared line. of happening again. When I yeah. think of the offensive line's problem yeah. like with strength going forward, that game is crystallized in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like no. that, that is the absolute best example of what we've been talking about for a long time. Shout out to Paul DeSantis. <clears throat> um, shout out to Brian LaBerge because they, they answered. It was DJ Alexander. They knew. <laughs> Kudos to you guys. Um, yeah, look. So I think through these three categories, I'm giving two of them to the Titans. Like, I think the Chiefs are the better team. I just think this is a difficult matchup. Yeah. And we'll get to our predictions later. All right, so the last one, uh, Titans pass versus Chiefs pass. The Titans right now are averaging 199 passing yards a game. That's 23rd. The Chiefs passing defense is surrendering 247 yards a game. That's 29th. Uh, despite that, I'm still giving the edge to the Chiefs. Marcus Mariota's yes. thrown more interceptions and touchdowns yes. this year. Yep. He has not been good. Yeah, it's been odd to have. Yeah, yeah. I know he was hurt some early, um, but it's just been odd to see him follow last year 
I was so impressed with him at Kansas City when he came to Arrowhead. Yeah, wasn't he like 26 and 7 last year with the TDs to. Yeah, it was now terrific. it's flipped. And to have the it's, season he's had yeah. this year is just kind of surprising. Step, I was, a step back. I was dead sure that guy's going to be. And he still may be a star, but this, is, this has been a shocking fall yeah. for him. Just How, a shocking. And, and that's, we, you talked about the yards, um, but th- that's the big one the giveaways. They've also given, given it up 25 times on offense. Yeah. And, and I think Mariota's like at 15 or 16, something like that, interceptions. That's 25. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a monster. They'll, they'll give it up. They'll give it up. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Um, special teams, I kind of think is a wash. They got a great punter, Brett Kern, mm-hmm. who's a pro bowler. And this guy's averaging almost 50 yards a kick. Okay. Yeah, they got a great punter. Suck up. Yeah, he's missed seven. He's had an okay year. Buckner's better, I think. Then the return squads are kind of a wash a little bit. So, you know, I think this one's going to have to be won a little bit. Um, but with the, with the added, uh, keep in mind that Tyreek Hill may be returning kicks. Yeah, on, mm. on, on well, Saturday, and that that could be the kind of thing that can give the Chiefs the edge they need mm-hmm. if they end up doing that. It was funny how Dave Tobe was asked about that possibility yesterday, the special teams coordinator, and. And just immediately when he was asked well, if he had been returning kicks, how many more touchdowns do you think he, he would have scored this year? He goes, two. <laughs> and what we wondered afterwards, whether he just sort of meant that just, you know, obviously we would have, or there were like specific plays that he saw the seam and it was like, oh, if that had only been Tyreek. But, boy, that, that changes things a little if, if he's in there. All right, let's jump into our fun segment, which is completely random, but fun for the A-team, so you're going to hear it. Um, <laughs> it's called Where We Rip Your Airport. Now, let me tell you something, man. Let me just tell you something, all right? If these, if these designers, whoever's designing the new KCI, you got, like, if you guys do not consolidate the shuttle car companies closer to the terminal and attach it, I'm going to erupt. Not because I care. It doesn't matter me, yeah, but I'm just saying in general. Rental car. People who travel. And, right. Yeah. People who travel absolutely hate getting on a shuttle to get their rental car. Yes. Despise it. And I've, I've actually, uh, I can't remember what the circumstance was, but I've actually rented a car at KCI. I can't remember why I did this. And it sucks. It does. It, it does. Sucks. Yeah. Not as bad as it sucks at Denver. There, there is no reason for an airport the size of KCI to have a rental car shuttle. No, well, no. with the new terminal, hopefully that can be, right. you know, nearby. Right. Phoenix is the worst. Oh, it takes a half an hour yeah. to get from getting your luggage to getting your car. Yeah. That Phoenix. is unacceptable. Hands down, the worst. You can and listen it, to a pod, it, an entire podcast <laughs> in the time it takes that. They tell you to be at, at the rental car place two hours before the flight because that to account for forty five minutes to get over there. I, I just can't stand. And you can't find the place, by the way. You can't, the worst. Buckeye Street, wherever that is. They make up for that because it takes. 45 minutes to make a six-mile drive in Phoenix, no matter the time of day. There's nothing worse than having that. But the the killer is when not just do you have to get on a shuttle to get to your rental car. I knew you were going. You got to get on a shuttle to get from your gate to the ground transportation to the terminal. That is the worst. And it is by that by that standard, we have a list. I put together a list of my top five most despised airports. Okay. And I know you guys don't care, but this is funny. So, number five is Boston. That, that ah, Boston, Boston stinks. Not just because you got to go to the place where the phones don't work. Yeah, that's the number one reason. Right, yeah. it's attached to that. It starts with that, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. But no, that's a place, again, you got to get on a shuttle to get to the rental car spot. Right, which is a long shuttle. It's a long which shuttle. It takes several stops before you get to your rental right. car place. Yeah, stops at the train station. It you know, it's just <laughs> three or four stops before you get there. Yeah, by the way, after you have to drive through a tunnel to get there. You do. <laughs> to the Callahan it's, Tunnel. Don't forget there's a tunnel from your gate to, <laughs> to ground transfer. Right, there's a tunnel. Because <laughs> I always know there's a tunnel because you got to walk under it and you see John F. Kennedy just like, <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't think Kennedy would like this. Um, all right, number four. <laughs> Is Denver where we just came from? Absolutely horrific. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm getting on a New York City subway station to get to my gate. Okay, that is the worst place you want to be at when you're late. If you're running behind, you are screwed. You are, and you are. and you know what? I got it. Nice catch. Uh, the thing you usually want to have is your ace up your sleeve doesn't apply there. Um, you know, we've yes. all gotten in on TSA 3 yes. pretty much. 
The other day when Blair was stuck in line there, people were fleeing the TSA pre-line to get into the regular line. line. Because it was moving faster. was so backed up. (laughs) Another nitpick here. Why is there no A-list... Why is there no A-list line for Southwest? Here at KCI, yeah. not only do you get TSA pre, you got the A-list, so you just skip everybody, then walk right into it. That's the one nice thing about KCI. You get the double skip. But there, you don't get the double skip. I'm very much out on Denver. It takes far too long, um, and it just... What, one just, more piling on on Denver. Uh, all the good food is outside of their terrible security check. Yes. Right? Yeah. You can't. You gotta yes. choose. Yeah. Yes. You gotta go inside right? where they have quick. Einstein and McDonald's. Right. Hey, well, or or you can just go to one of the no name vendors and just have a real nice apple. You can get an apple, which is good for you, don't get me wrong. But if you don't if you want some protein, you're gonna get a real stale like turkey sandwich. Mm-hmm. And that's just disgusting. One last thing on Denver also is it's way out there, which is okay. But conveniently, there was basically no gas station until the very last gas station, which is like 4.85 a gallon, <laughs> for 10, 12 miles on Pena before you get out there. It, 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 it's so. And, and you can't fly on Monday morning in Denver. Oh no! It's, like it's a disaster. I intentionally take Monday afternoon or evening flights because I like I, Monday morning in Denver. Can't know. Complain about it. your breakfast spot. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right. And snooze. Number three. Snooze. The, the most pretentious of the three because the name of it Phoenix Sky Harbor okay <laughs> Sky Harbor like really you I'm not going to say it you did. Like, you're tempted you're tempted really you got the nerve to call it Sky Harbor like it's a place I want to be <laughs> somebody here points out Larry Looper points out hey plus Sky Harbor is 115 degrees um, and, uh, and I got to take this 30 minute shuttle and, ride and it's got the, the west and east car. exits oh, yeah, right, right. What, what that means west 44th street east 44th street you, you always go out the wrong way <laughs> Absolutely despise Phoenix Sky Harbor. And now we're getting to the horrific two. All right? No, this is one next one's not going to surprise anybody. No, I it's LaGuardia. Yes. LaGuardia is a... Bus stop. LaGuardia is a freaking bus stop. It's a bus terminal. It's Greyhound. It's Greyhound with... With... with ugh. Just... And like... You're, you're like there. And it's like... There's just rows of miserable-looking people. You can barely get by them. You can barely get by them. Sometimes you step over them. I mean, it's, yeah. Sometimes you step over the people in the garden. What one bathroom, one men's room, one women's room? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that the south, whole, in the, the southwest thing. Area. Sam, I think you would like to tell people about the cab line, which. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, the cab line. Well, first of all, anytime you can go to an airport that welcomes. A lot of people every year to the United States of America, and that's their first impression. You gotta like that. And LaGuardia is also like during this whole KCI debate, you'd always hear we can't have a world class airport. You can't have a world class city without a world class airport. Like, have you ever gone to LaGuardia? But the cab line, when we went out there uh, for one of the one of the losses um, at MetLife, uh, it, it was we were way behind the point where it said. Uh, the wait for a cab is like a half hour from here. That was like way. Like we, we were going to be in line for like a half hour. You aspired to get yes. to the half hour from here point. And then when you Uber at LaGuardia, you have to take a bus yes. to this other Uber point, at which point it is chaos. I know. Absolute oh my God. Chaos. That place is just a free fall. <laughs> but having to take a shuttle to get to the Uber yeah, waiting area. It's, it's crazy. All right. But at least you're in the yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good once you get in your black car. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty yeah. good once you're out of there. I just punt it. I'm like done. I got hustled did, by. I got I got hustled by some guy. He's like, yeah, cat black car. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. I'm done. I'm done. Just get me out of here. It's cold. I'm done. All right, last one before we move on to your questions. This is this. I think I might be the only one that's put Atlanta here. Oh, oh no. Totally Atlanta is the worst. ATL. I'm it totally has everything. It, of the of the horrific like triumvirate of, of factors that we're looking at rental shuttle you know rental shuttle um, <laughs> subway to the rental shuttle mm-hmm. um, and then just the worst sur- this is a place you need to get there two hours early no, no this yeah. is not a place where you want to be cutting it close at all because the people who work there <laughs> literally would rather be doing anything than helping you catch your flight. Oh my god, there was one time I got there, I had like an eight o'clock flight, and I got there at 6 30. I barely made that flight. These people are just like, All right, 
Next. How can I help you? My experience at Hartsfield was actually the reason I signed up for TSA Free. I was done. That was it. I just had it. And it almost doesn't even help there. Because that's another place with the super long lines. Yeah, yeah. And the drive in. And the drive in. Always snarled. Travel tip that uh, if you're ever going to Athens, Georgia, which I've had occasion to do a couple times, don't fly to Atlanta. Fly to Greenville, South Carolina. It's great. A tidy Southwest, just. Absolutely. Clean, bright airport, no traffic. It's maybe like 70 miles farther. I don't care. No, rental car, shuttle it, connected. You get there just as fast. Yeah, rental car, shuttle it's, connected. It's connected you know, yeah, to it. Right there. Yes. Yes. Greenville's great. I'm all in. Yeah. And I take the chance of driving through South Carolina. I will willingly do it. <laughs> okay? As somebody who does not regularly drive through the American South, I don't make that like a point to do that. I will do that to avoid that airport. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's actually get back Newark to football. If I, if I can, if I can chime yeah. in, Newark. We've got a lot of good comments about these airports. <laughs> this is great. Denver is honorable a, honorable mentions, guys. It is. It is yeah. Honorable honorable mention. Midway. I never fly through Midway in the winter. They, 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 no! no! How dare you? A great oh. They've done a great renovation at Midway. Midway. You should have yeah. seen Midway Actually, 10 years Oh, yeah, yeah. The problem with Midway, though, is part of what you're talking about, which is it is really easy to have dominoes fall, and you're suddenly you're, you're, you're one flight's delayed. You the other can't flight and fly time. through Midway in the winter without having there be a delay. Yeah. Period. No, that's true. That's yeah. Okay, and have you ever had a flight rescheduled at Midway so you get to make the hike to, what is it? What is it? The, the one, the C four, the secret game four square. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Hogwarts. Oh my god! I hit my step goal already. It is way on down. And then, and then it's a half half a mile from. It is. It's a legitimate half a mile from the main terminal. But there is good. There is decent food there. You do have the worst part about Midway though is the drive like. It takes for I don't know how far it is for like on Cicero, yeah, like to the yeah. like yeah. whatever the highway is at fifty five or whatever. Yeah, fifty five. That takes forever. That might be a mile and a half, and it'll oh, take like half like an the, hour. Yeah, stoplights everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's like every, yeah. every block. It's it is a hard. If you're leaving, going from downtown to Midway, yeah. you allow you know a good hour. And I also like it a little less now. I still like Midway, but I like it a little less now that they they replace Potbelly. Oh, you oh, were Mr. Yeah. Mr. Potbelly. Yeah. Mr. Potbelly. Really Homer Pizza is the worst pizza you can spend money to get. It is terrible. <laughs> Especially, listen, if you're going to be in a city that has the brilliant yeah. Geno's East. And there's a million people. Okay? The, the brilliant Lou Malnati's. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you mean to tell me... Did they gonna give us home run pizza instead of pot bellies? Are you out of your mind? That's Who co-signed on that? That should be six four three pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not home run pizza. That's pretty good. Hey, can I just quickly throw this in? Can everybody just name their favorite airport? Because I got one. Let's hear. And it. I want KCI to be. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Indianapolis is outstanding. Austin's is. It's got. Place. I like Austin. I like Austin a lot. Dallas love. For me. The expanded Dallas, Dallas, Dallas Love. Actually, very Dallas convenient. Love is very easy. Very convenient. Another there is a rental car shuttle, though. Yeah. And, you know, you got to get on the there shuttle. Is, but it's short. I it's a short. in a car, man. That's, <laughs> That's why you don't care. Houston Indianapolis you know what? Great. I have no beef with Houston Hobby. Yeah, yeah say Pretty efficient. Yeah. There's ways to have the shuttle without making it yeah. untenable. Yeah. Okay. Um, Facebook Live public infrastructure edition. Yeah. You know, actually, I'll also tell you, like, Detroit is connected, too. It's not that bad. Uh, Detroit's got a nice airport. It Inside, is. very yeah. airy. It's a good it's airport. It's actually not that bad. No jokes, okay? I'm not entertaining your Detroit jokes today, all right? That is absolutely a request for Detroit jokes. Uh, all right. Let's go. All right. Thanks for indulging us. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, All right, well, let's answer your questions. Will this part make the podcast? It will, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> we got 12 minutes to work through as many podcast. questions as possible. All right. All right. Let's do it. Seneca Fortune Sr. Shotgun won't work versus the Titans D. Do you think we should feature more formations with Sherman? Gives Kareem another blocker. In Week 17, Sherman showed he's a playmaker. Eh, I'm all for more Sherman. I like the way he runs the football. I think it'd be good to give them a little taste of their own medicine with power football, but I'm just not real optimistic about them being able to run the ball no matter what they do. Yeah, I don't think they can pull it off. Yeah. All right. Brian LeBird says, did you guys see the Titans injury report? Had most of their secondary out. Logan Ryan's sick. Denoris Cersei is sick, and McCain has a hammy. That's what I'm saying. They're going to have to throw the football. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a chance to win underneath. Uh, 
Jesse Bates makes a good point, says this team is terrible against running backs catching out of the backfield. That's true. Congratulations. You're going to have to do that a lot. You know, they're going to make you go to distance. Uh, is Travis Kelsey going to roll? He you means the Titans are terrible against the yeah, – yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Travis Ke- – uh, Jesse Bates says, is Kelsey going to have a game? Perhaps. I think he could. I don't think there's a whole lot of guys that can match up. I don't with think him. he has a postseason touchdown. I may be wrong. It, it's in the book there. I, I think it's about time for him to have a postseason touchdown. Yep. Micah Peterson Brandt says, with DeMarco Murray out, how do you think the D fares against Henry? I think Henry's going to get his. The key is, like, how much? Is it going to be 180 yards or will it be 118? You know, I think that's – if it's 118, they can win the game. Right. If it's 180, it's the Steelers. Anyway. <clears throat> he is. He actually has broken more tackles so, on fewer yeah. touches this year. Uh, Jeremy Weisdorfer says, does Kareem ever get a deep pass again like he did against New England in week one? Well, trust me, I think Andy's going to have this one schemed up. Him and Nagy will have some stuff. Um, I think this is a team that you can throw that against. They should at least try. Did we ever see that play again? They ran it twice that day, didn't they? The 70-yard touchdown pass. What's funny about that play, everybody in the league started running that play Mm -hmm. in week two, three, four. (laughs) The Rams did it. I think the the Seahawks may have done it. It's just everybody was running that play. One thing I one thing I noticed while watching um the last last year's matchup between these two same, teams again was like the Titans ran the shovel pass at least three times yeah yeah so it's like huh interesting um, Kyle Fisher says someone tell me why we shouldn't keep Alex could start until we could start Mahomes at any time well again it's it's not a fair fight um, the reason that you start wait oh wait well, I'm, well hold on hold on hold on it's the question. Alex this weekend? Why, no, no, no. In next year. Why shouldn't they just, Chiefs just keep Alex next year? $17 million plus the draft picks you get. All right. Fills a lot of holes. All right. Uh, David Madsen says, uh, who else might be sick Sunday? It's We're getting an injury game. report later today. Tight, so, right. Yeah. I don't want <laughs> economic. <laughs> Marcus Leach says, HU. Shout out to HU. The real HU, not Hampton. That's Howard University. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Phelps says, how can we bait Therese into giving us some corporate facenda when you just assured you will not get corporate facenda? (laughs) I haven't heard that term before, corporate facenda. I I dubbed it yesterday. (laughs) I was was told to do a video recapping the season, so I used the corporate facenda voice. Uh, Also, it can be heard on Dave Hewlett's Emmy-winning video of electric football. Absolutely. can, can somebody link to that, please? Ever been on KansasCity.com. Yeah. That, that is. is amazing. <laughs> By the way, Vahe, you came up with the script. You know, uh, I helped with the script, but no, I think, you wrote I, it. as I recall, the three of us actually were cackling for about an hour, coming up with different. <laughs> as much fun as I've ever had. There. <laughs> <laughs> stuff. I mean, we really did kick that around. Like <laughs> it was great. Paul, I know Derrick Henry had 28 for 51, but he, he felt emasculated by that performance. There's no way he repeats that against these guys. Against a good Jaguars defense, yeah. too. Hey, hey, Jacksonville's defense is more stout, okay? Mm-hmm. At the, those guys are good. Uh, all right. Ah, Nathan O'Farrell says, has Tano showed enough juice to get 10 to 15 pass rush snaps a game? May even put him on de- – nah, this is not the team because he's going to give up that edge, and they will take that. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't take much. You know, I just – you know what I was really impressed with, though, from him in that Denver game is he got stronger as the game went on. He didn't do much early, and his he was really causing them a lot of problems late. I thought that was a really good sign. I agree. Don McCracken says, Alex to Arizona? Maybe. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, Depends that on work. who the coach is. I actually think Matt Nagy would be like a pretty good – whoever it hire, whoever hires Matt Nagy, if they don't have a quarterback, that's somebody that needs to look at getting Alex Smith. Um, the Matt Nagy-Alex Smith combo – Pretty good. I like it. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's a quick way to turn something around because it's the same offense. Quick aside, you, just like you, that. you had a nice talk with Matt yesterday, and, and you outlined. You should check out Teresa's story on today. It really gets into it. Matt talking a little bit about the reasons to stay. What's your gut on? I mean, does a guy have to take an NFL head coaching job if he gets the offer? Yeah, I think. I think the thing that you got to remember is that he does have some pretty compelling reasons to stay, and I think there is a. I actually really do think there's a path for him to stay as a head coach in waiting, so to speak. But the fact that Andy Reid like, made a big deal about Nagy calling the plays, we saw the same thing before with Doug Peterson. I wouldn't be surprised if he got an offer. I wouldn't be surprised if he left. But I do think, I do think it'd be smart of him to think about staying. He's got the kid. You know, he could be here 10 years. 
he could be the head coach in a few or three or four. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's tempting to want to go out on your own, that kind of thing, but he's got a good deal here. You know, maybe Brad Childress retires. Then he can get the assistant head coach tag, get a little bit more money. Um, I think there's, there is a path for him to stay. But the, all the interest he's garnered makes sense. Well, I think he's the best head coaching candidate they've had on the staff in a long time. Well, hey, man, right, ask the right question. Though. When you've ever been a head coach, do you take the first job that's offered? Can, can you play that game? I, if anybody I doesn't do it, it's Nagy. Yeah. Yeah, I think you really like Interesting. By the way, I think you got to get yeah. the right place because I, I think you can get ruined. Just like a quarterback going to the wrong franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get ruined as a head coach going to the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he may have yeah, he's, he, he, he may not have been the franchise. <laughs> by the way, get well soon. By the way, by the way, one of the best. He hurt himself. He did. Weekend, he hurt so. himself. He hurt himself. <laughs> he's on the IR. Mike Wilson says, "Is a Dory Jackson an all juice guy?" By the way, getting his wish on Saturday. Hashtag bump. Dory Jackson. Talking a little trash to Ty Hill. Yeah, I like I like Adore. That's one of the reasons I like him. He's a competitive guy, and the kid can run. He ain't Ty. <laughs> I wouldn't be asking for you know to get in a foot race with Ty Hill. You know what I mean? Uh, I, if they want to give it to him, I'd be shocked if they gave that to him. I couldn't fit this in a story I did on Ty the other day, but he made a point of saying, "No man scares me." Except for sometimes when Justin Houston looks at me. <laughs> so, but, but his broader point was he's not intimidated by anybody on the <laughs> Tennessee side. That's strong. Uh, uh, oh. Okay. Nathan White says, do you think Darrell Rivas has made any impact? Seems like he's been targeted less than that first game. Yeah. I think he has. He's a really good number three guy for you right now. You know? Yeah. And um, he's, he's protection – um, in case somebody gets hurt, you know, I, I still like Terrence Mitchell as a player, but the fact is, you know, he was he was benched in the middle of the season because mental mistakes. Mm-hmm. Can't really have that. This is the kind of game you can't have that at all. And I think the Chiefs signed Reeves knowing that. You know, this is the kind of game where the team that makes the fewest mistakes is going to win. Yeah. And it's typically like that in the playoffs. I thought Reeves, his first game looked like it was his first game. You know what I mean? And ever since then, he's sort of yeah. risen up a little bit. Mike Wilson says, if KC somehow wins a Super Bowl, will Alex retire? I don't think so. I think he's going to keep on ball. Aaron Davis says, what do the papers think? Do we want Buffalo to win this week? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because for the A-team, that's the difference between uh, going to Pittsburgh uh, and going to New England. Yes. You know what I mean? Go Bills. The last thing we want is to go to Foxborough. That's going to be brutal. Uh, uh, don't the only thing, you know, I will tell you, the only thing that – Press box food there is good. I think we've all agreed <laughs> that, right? They got the clam chowder. That chowder yeah. is not worth the trouble, though. <laughs> Whereas Pittsburgh's airport is fine airport. Yeah. Yeah. Fine airport. Yeah. 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 And walk across the street to the rental car. So, but, mm-hmm. so sorry. <laughs> we, we just do our personal interest in here. But even like for the Chiefs, I think, you know, we might have some disagreement on this. I feel like I'm in the minority. I think they have a better chance of winning in Pittsburgh. Do you guys agree with that? Uh, then, then I'm not sure. I'm yeah. I don't know. I think we had some disagreement. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I see that front that front seven. I agree. But I, I think you're facing it. In, like the, he's great, too. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. But you're not facing Tom Brady. You yeah. Know, it's, it's a lesser yeah. quarterback. I think I would agree. And, and there are some moments. If you go – I can't remember why I did this, but a couple weeks ago I went back and watched that Pittsburgh game again. Their defense is really good, right? Like it's strong and all that stuff. But it's, it's stronger than it is fast. You know what I mean? So there's there's some chances, there's some opportunities to get some big plays on them. They, they haven't done that. And I also want to umbrella this by saying I think the Chiefs will lose either 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 place, but I think they have a better chance in Pittsburgh. Also, let's not underestimate losing Shazier. Yeah, he is an outstanding yeah. player. Yeah. And I think I think Reggie Ragland makes a bigger difference in that game. He, he wasn't there mm-hmm. for the regular season. Mm-hmm. I also think there's something to be said for the fact that no one's going to pick the Chiefs to win that game. And at that point, facing the Steelers in Pittsburgh becomes like a manhood redemption game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think there's a lot to be said for that. Not I... did I turn you? How about this? If the Chiefs win this game, and the Bills end up winning, and the Chiefs end up facing the Steelers, I think I would pick the Chiefs to win that game. How about that? Then they would, then they would lose to New England the next game. Oh but. yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> about that. <laughs> All right, fellas, predictions. Go Bills. Let's go. We got two minutes. Predictions. Let's go right here. 23-16 Chiefs, a lot of field goals. I got 20-17 Chiefs. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be nasty. But I picked the Chiefs to win. I got 27-14 Chiefs, which is basically their average score of every game for the last five or six weeks, except for Denver. I wish I could remember. I gave a prediction to my friend Joe Rexroad, uh, who oh. works with the Tennessean, uh, and I can't remember. So I'll either just copy that score, or if this is off a little bit, 27-17. I think it's huge to win. All right, love it. Um, thank you guys for watching. Remember, go to KCKansasCity.com for all your Chiefs news. Rate and review our podcast, Sports BKC. Please, and not the four stars, right? I appreciated, I appreciated that love in the Mellinger minutes. Um, it, that needs to be like a consistent ending, by the way. Yeah, uh, save get key. Yeah. Just boom. That was, right. like, I, that was a verbal typing, too. So, no four stars. <laughs> Five stars. Sports BKC. Rate and review us, please. Um, we would appreciate that. And we got a great special section coming. Right for sat for Saturday's game. Make sure you pick up Saturday's version of the Star. It will be a separate section just with Chiefs coverage. All of us have put in big time work. There's an expanded Chiefs game plan that's bordering on five thousand words because I'm out of my mind. Uh, I'm I'm doing a really neat story for the wild card round. Yeah, I'm doing a I'm out of my mind. I'm doing a really neat story on Reggie Ragland and Derek Johnson and their burgeoning friendship and how that's changed the core of the Chiefs defense. Blair, what do you got? A little Travis. Kelsey, uh, growing up, growing up. You haven't seen him uh, with an unsportsmanlike conduct that's right. in months. That's right. And there's a that's real too. Uh, I got Andy Reid and uh, the little void on his resume. Ooh, nice. Um, the Chiefs and a little void on your resume <laughs> is, is one of them. Uh, and then Alex Smith. All right, fantastic. All right, thank you guys. We appreciate you. Um, enjoy the game. We'll see you then.